0: Always wanted to travel the world? Well, good, because we're taking you on a -a one-of-a-kind world tour of Europe, North America, and the Middle East. Stopping off at DevoTeam offices along the way. Excited yet? Get ready for this nine country world tour across Denmark, the Middle East, Belgium, the Czech Republic, Spain, France, Mexico, Germany and the UK. We'll hear from a Team family member from each office who'll give us the lowdown on what it's like to be part of the Team family, exciting projects Team are working on and what life is like in each individual country, the culture, the people, the spots to visit and most importantly, where to go for the best food. Got your bags packed? Let's go! Welcome to DevoTeam N Platform's Travelling Postcard Series. I'm Katie Flammen, and today we're heading to the Middle East, specifically Saudi Arabia and Riyadh, the capital. What we need is someone who has the lowdown on what it's like working and living in Saudi Arabia, Someone who knows all the hotspots for living your best life in Riyadh, the food and drink, shopping, socialising, all the insights that only the locals know. Luckily, I've got Dirk joining me on today's podcast, who can share some of that local knowledge. Dirk is a senior principal at Devo Team and joined in February 2020. Welcome Dirk, thanks for taking us on a tour of Saudi Arabia.
1: Hi Katie, thank you very much for having me.
0: It's a real pleasure. Now, before we get into it, I've got some fun, quick-fire questions to help us get to know you better. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Okay, here we go. Can you describe your Devo Team office in just three words?
1: All right. Uh, dynamic, friendly and driven.
0: And if you could work in any other Devo Team office around the world, where would it be and why?
1: Mm, probably Germany with uh, German heritage. It's like going back to my roots.
0: Ah, okay. So were you born in Germany?
1: No, 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 no. I was born in South Africa, but um, yeah, my ancestors are from Germany.
0: Okay. Um, right. Beach or slopes? Slopes. Okay. Comedy or horror? Horror. Mm-hmm. And tea or coffee?
1: Always coffee. <laughs> Always.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Can you share three things you like to do outside of work?
1: Sure. Um, I suppose exploring new places, attending live events um, and taking photos.
0: Okay. What kind of live events do you mean? Concerts or theatre? What sort of thing do you like to do?
1: Yeah, pretty much all of those. Are concerts, sporting events, open air theatres, um, pretty much whatever's going.
0: Mm-hmm. And have you been able to enjoy any of that stuff while you've been living in Riyadh?
1: I have, yes. I've attended um, the Formula One Grand Prix in Jeddah as well as the Formula E in Riyadh. Um, We've also just had Riyadh season and I've attended some of the events there as well.
0: What happens in Riyadh season?
1: It's pretty much a couple of months of, you know, all-out entertainment in Riyadh um, where you've got international acts um, coming through and um, just, you know... So much influx of entertainment and um, different cultures coming through and just putting on a big show.
0: Uh So musical entertainment?
1: Yeah, yeah, musical entertainment. Um, There's Cirque du Soleil, Uh, they were here. Um, There were, you know, international orchestras, um, obviously international artists, that kind of thing.
0: Wow, it sounds like there's a lot going on for a culture vulture. If you're going out for food in Riyadh, do you have a favourite restaurant and maybe a favourite dish you like?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a little place called Saruja, which is a very traditional Middle Eastern place. Unfortunately, they don't serve my favourite dish, which is creme brulee. But, you know, given that it is Middle Eastern, it's not unexpected, I suppose.
0: So have you found anywhere you can get creme brulee? I'm
1: still kind of looking out for that.
0: The search continues. It's going to be a very happy day when when you find it on a menu somewhere. (laughs) absolutely do you have a favorite national dish
1: most national dishes consist of chicken and rice um so pretty much anything with chicken and rice Mm -hmm. is is really good um grilled chicken in particular and Mm -hmm. obviously you know there's a lot of lamb in, in place as well
0: nice Okay. Um, Back to my questions. Um, Which TV series or TV show are you enjoying at the moment?
1: Netflix, Drive to Survive. As I mentioned, I've attended the Formula One and the Formula E, so I'm a big fan and therefore Drive to Survive.
0: What is Drive to Survive?
1: Ah, it's, uh, it's based around Formula One. Every year they release a series which focuses on the previous year's event. So it focuses on the drivers and the teams and obviously the championships. And it's, it's more than just like the race you normally watch. It really goes into the, the development of the, the teams and, you know, the technologies and, like I said, the individual drivers as well and their personal relationships.
0: Mm, fascinating. The tech and the behind the scenes stories. Very interesting. Okay. Exactly. Um, what about music? We talked about seeing some things during the festival. Do you have a favourite band or musician?
1: I do. Um, unfortunately, my favourite band doesn't tour really very much nowadays. Uh, it's a band called Uriah Heep. Okay. They've been around since like the seventies, right? Early seventies, in fact. So they're still together, but in effect, you know, the lead guitarist is like in his seventies. So. Have you ever seen them live? I have, yes. I've seen them probably four times.
0: Very good. Um, Okay, we're nearly getting towards the end of these questions. So, if you were stranded on a desert island, what three items would you definitely want to have with you?
1: Well, firstly, obviously my passport, right? Just in case I get rescued.
0: (laughs) Very sensible.
1: What's the point of being rescued from a desert island and, you know, you don't have your passport? so. And then War and Peace. It's a book that I've always wanted to read, but I just never have the time to. And A Hammock. You have to have somewhere to sleep. And, you know, sleeping in a hammock is certainly better than sleeping on the ground.
0: Excellent idea. Very good. Okay. What is the last movie you saw?
1: Uh, the new James Bond movie. It was um, a fairly big disappointment as far as I'm concerned.
0: Oh, dear. Marks out of 10?
1: Probably three.
0: Oh, that's harsh. Okay. <laughs> um, If you could travel anywhere next, where would it be?
1: Uh, I've got a trip booked to Greece. So that's where I'm going. That's my next trip.
0: That sounds lovely. I'm actually going to Greece myself this summer. can't wait. Well, thank you so much. And brilliant answers there. That was a lot of fun. Now, I know you're not from the Middle East originally, and you moved here two years ago for your job. So can you share a little bit about what you were doing before this role and where you were?
1: Before the Middle East, I was living in in Australia for the last 14 years. During my time in Australia, I pretty much worked for all of the local ServiceNow partners and some international partners. My first job in Australia was actually with the very first ServiceNow partner in the country. And my last job was with a partner that specializes in higher education um, engagements, so typically universities.
0: Okay, so before we get into that a bit more, can you just explain for anybody who doesn't know what ServiceNow is?
1: Sure, so ServiceNow is an enterprise-wide service management tool that is intended to automate and workflow um standard operations within an organisation from a business perspective, from an IT perspective, really just bringing everything together from, like I mentioned, uh, the business side, incorporating that through your automation into the IT side.
0: Okay, thank you. So let's talk about Australia for a little while. What was that like living there?
1: Australia is fantastic. You can't argue the point. But in my time in Australia, I pretty much lived everywhere between the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, certainly I worked pretty much everywhere as well. When I first arrived in Australia, I moved to Brisbane on the East Coast. I, at that point, worked for ServiceNow so Partner based in Melbourne, down south. And then I moved to the Gold Coast, still on the East Coast. During that time, I then got a job with a US-based partner that had their offices in Sydney. Um, So I was traveling a lot between Sydney and and the Gold Coast. I then got myself a job with uh, an organization in Perth, which was on the West Coast. (laughs) I commuted between the Gold Coast and Perth, literally on a weekly basis, all right? Friday night, Sunday night, back and forth. I did that for about 18 months. Um, Nearly killed me in the process. (laughs) I bet. I then relocated to Melbourne, and shortly after that, relocated to Sydney and then decided to move to Tasmania right down south uh-huh. because the weather is just fantastic and the food is really good there as well, actually. And then about three months later, I took a position with Devo team and came to Saudi.
0: So you moved to Tasmania and then just three months later, you headed off to Saudi Arabia. So I'm. I've got to ask, what on earth made you change your mind about Australia and move to the Middle East? What did Devoteam offer you that you just could not refuse?
1: Uh, Look, I suppose moving to Tasmania was always, you know, a goal for me. Like I said, the weather is just fantastic, the people, the food, everything. I ended up buying a house there. And I remember it was Christmas when I received a phone call from from Devoteam in the middle of the night. And I really... I mean, I saw this Middle Eastern number and I kind of rejected the call. The next day I got an email from them and, um, you know, we started talking and I thought, well, this is this is an opportunity, you right? um, know. So I jumped on the bandwagon. I just, you know, I thought, well, this would certainly be a really good uh, journey for me to expand my skills and also to explore a part of the world that, you know, not very many people has actually been to. So I'm always up for an adventure and here I am.
0: Here you are. So let's get into a bit more detail about what it is like to work for a Devo team, and specifically in Riyadh. We do want to know everything. We want to know about the culture, what your colleagues are like. We're going to cover it all. But first of all, let's get down to basics and start with your morning routine. So, Dirk, can you tell me how do you begin your day?
1: I invested in a, in a really decent coffee machine at home, so generally my day starts. You know, having breakfast at home uh, with a decent cup of coffee. I then jump into an Uber, commute to a client site, followed by, you know, a number of different commutes throughout the day, depending on the client demand. And um, I generally, if I'm going out for breakfast, um, you know, i generally leave that for Saturday morning where it's a little bit more relaxed. And there's a little cafe called Batil that I rather enjoy. It's actually the specific cafes in what's known as the diplomatic quarter.
0: Mm-hmm. And and if you're having breakfast in Batil, what's your go-to breakfast?
1: It has to be eggs Benedict. I just love eggs Benedict.
0: Sounds very nice. And and also so does starting your day with a great cup of coffee before you head off to work. So what time do you start if you're with a client or if you're working from home? Maybe is every day the same.
1: No. So generally, my day starts at around 9 o'clock. My days are not the same ever. Every day is different. It very much depends on, you know, the engagements that I'm on, specific client demands, uh, project requirements, that kind of thing. So I try and avoid traveling between multiple sites on any given day purely because of the heat in summer. I mean, today it is now 1135. It's 37 degrees outside And we are pretty much in spring at the moment. So traveling with a suit in the heat really is not a very pleasant thing.
0: Does everybody wear a suit? If you turned up in shorts and a t-shirt, how would that go down?
1: That wouldn't be a very good thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) The dress code in in the team office is very much suit and tie uh, for men. Unless, obviously, you are Saudi Arabian, then their traditional dress is wearing a thobe. And then the woman would traditionally wear like an abaya or something to that effect.
0: Okay. And I'm interested to know how you actually travel around as well. You mentioned about maybe hopping in an Uber to get to a mm-hmm. client. Is that your only yes. option? And we know you're interested in motor racing. Have you got a a little, a little nippy vehicle yourself?
1: I do not, know, but um, getting around in Riyadh right now, for me at least, um, using public transport is not really an option. They're busy building metros and trams and whatever else, all right, so hopefully soon we'll have those, but for now, pretty much using Uber to get around, yeah.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the fact that Saudi is a Muslim country. Do prayer times affect your meetings or how you plan your day?
1: Yeah. So because it's a, a Muslim country, I suppose, you know, everyone is obviously very much aware and aligned with prayer times. And for myself, it really is just a case of being aware of those prayer times. Certainly, when going to clients, meetings are not always scheduled around prayer times, but there are times where individuals may not be attending a meeting or come in late and that kind of thing, which is quite acceptable. When you are out and about, I suppose it can have a much bigger impact, especially when you're planning to go shopping or you're planning to go to a restaurant, for example. Although most establishments are not required to actually close during prayer times any longer, some still do. And I suppose, you know, those need to be taken into account. And Fridays, Fridays are always a challenge, especially in the mornings. So Friday is typically our weekend. It's when our weekend starts. And... Uh, Nothing is open until probably 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And that's because obviously Friday is a, a holy day and most people actually attend Friday prayers.
0: I see. Okay. And have you ever been caught out with being out and about and not remembering prayer times?
1: Yeah, especially in the beginning. I had an interesting experience a few times basically where I was sitting in a restaurant where prayer time started and promptly the staff proceeded to close the doors Shut the blinds, turn off the lights, and literally left me eating in the dark. Right. It was a little bit bizarre, I have to admit. But, you know, everything just came back to normal a couple of minutes later when prayer time was over, and everyone carried on like nothing's happened. So, it was certainly an interesting experience for someone that's new in town.
0: I imagine it would have been a bit of a surprise, but I guess you get used to the local customs, and before too long, it doesn't seem strange at all. Exactly. So, we're now Coming out of the pandemic, for the most part, and going back to in-person working, how are things reflected there in Saudi?
1: So considering, you know, the pandemic is still very much a thing, most of our meetings during the pandemic was obviously held online. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, some companies still have online sessions and some companies are, you know, getting more into the swing of things with face-to-face meetings. Obviously, You know, your online meetings detracts from getting to know people in a more personal level. Um, But as a business unit, we try and arrange get-togethers as often as we can. But unfortunately, obviously workload, personal schedules, and customer demands interfere with that at times. So it's not always possible to have those. Wherever possible, we try and accommodate.
0: How many colleagues do you have in the Saudi Arabia office?
1: Within our business unit, we probably have around, I'd say, between 30, 35 ServiceNow specialists. Although that number fluctuates because we also share resources with our bordering country, Jordan. Um, so we've got a Devo team office in Jordan, and a lot of Jordanians. Obviously, they travel to Saudi when there's a demand for project engagement.
0: I see. Okay, so sometimes you have some new faces or familiar faces coming in. Correct. Mm-hmm. And and how does the company? encourage staff to develop their skills?
1: Within Devo Team, or specifically in the in the Middle Eastern office, Right, the team is extremely ambitious. Uh, we currently have three individuals working towards a certified technical architect certification, where another three are looking at certified master architect qualifications. Training is very much second nature within the Devo Team office. And we're always sharing more information or new information. It's being absorbed by the team. You know, we actually have regular monthly sessions as well, uh, known as learning huddles, where we, as a team, really come together. We share some ideas. We have discussions how we can actually better the uh, the organization and obviously our team.
0: Learning huddles sound lovely, very cozy. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: It's nice <laughs> that there's that collaboration. And do people share lunch together i'm i'm we've had a busy morning i think we now need to start talking about lunch
1: yeah so lunchtime is not really much of a thing lunchtime routines at least for those who actually have lunch they normally bring lunch to the office or they will order lunch in if we're at a customer site perhaps the customer offers in-house facilities so they may have a canteen or something like that where people can go and get some food but generally most people work through lunch
0: okay well Just this once, we're going to head out into Riyadh for lunch. So where are you going to take us?
1: Yeah, okay. So let me think. Um, Riyadh is extremely multicultural. So your options for lunch and dinner are almost endless. There's obviously some local restaurants with some very appealing dishes. My favorite local spot is a place called Saruja, like I mentioned earlier. They give you a really good Middle Eastern experience, and the food is just
0: fantastic. That sounds nice. So what is your favorite dish?
1: Certainly grilled chicken and lamb. That's very, very popular. Every dish is pretty much served with flatbreads along with hummus, salads, vegetables. Buttermilk is a very popular drink as well. It's a little bit on the salty side for it. me. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting experience the first time you have it, because you don't expect the taste. But
0: <laughs> do you have any problems with ordering?
1: Um at times, depending on how traditional the places that I go to. Um Sometimes, you know, the menu is in English and I can order in English, but for the more traditional places, it's not uncommon to have a menu only in Arabic and the staff cannot speak English at all. So you kind of point at pictures and you just kind of hope for the best.
0: I'm sure everybody's very happy to help. And you never know, you might try something new and and find a new (laughs) favourite. Are we going to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee after lunch?
1: Yeah, so if you enjoy a a nice cup of tea after lunch, um, don't expect tea with milk. Uh, That's just not a thing. So tea with mint, absolutely. Green tea, no problem. Tea with milk, not so much. Uh, Specifically in the more traditional places, Arabic coffee with cardamom and dates are very traditional and available absolutely everywhere. It's a bit of an interesting taste in the beginning, but you do get used to it eventually.
0: Mm -hmm. And... Is there the opportunity to take a walk around lunchtime, anything like that?
1: Well, depending uh, on really the the month that you're in, right? But for the most part, not so much because it gets really, really hot in summer. Um, So most people, you know, they stay indoors or travel to another place where they can stay indoors. Mm -hmm.
0: I I forgot how hot it can be. Okay. So. Let's head back into your lovely, cool, air-conditioned office for the afternoon. And I'd really like to hear about some specific projects or clients you're working with at the moment. Is there something you can share with us there? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'm currently working on a couple of projects. I'm covering ITSM, ITOM, and CSM. Okay.
0: Please, can you tell us what those are?
1: Sure. ITSM basically focuses on delivering IT services within the organisation, To their own employees. ITOM provides automation for organizations, such as gathering or discovering asset information on their network. And CSM or customer service management focuses on enhanced services with automation for the organizational customers, so not staff, but our customers' customers. Okay, I
0: see. And all of that is facilitated through ServiceNow, is that right?
1: Correct, correct, yes. Okay.
0: It sounds like ServiceNow really can provide a lot of solutions for customers and customers' customers. Can you tell me what you really like about ServiceNow?
1: I suppose the, the, the aspect of ServiceNow that I really enjoy is the dynamic nature of the platform. You're absolutely right. You can cater for absolutely anything and everything on the ServiceNow platform, depending obviously on the specific customer requirements. ServiceNow has created silos of individual projects or products within the platform. But in addition to that, they're also giving you the opportunity to develop your own products on top of that while leveraging the capabilities of the main platform as well as any of the other products that ServiceNow provides on the platform as well, right? So you have a very extensive development capability. You've got... A lot of research and development that ServiceNow provides through to the platform with two major releases every year, which customers benefit from without any additional cost. So there's a lot of things that we can actually do for clients that they don't even know about or that they don't even ask for because they obviously completely unfamiliar with it. And that's where we come in as demo team, where we have to really, you know, go above and beyond what our customers actually ask for but look at the benefits that they would gain through implementation of the ServiceNow platform. Because
0: you are the experts and you know everything that it can do. And I guess you have that knowledge of their business, that kind of intimate detail of what they're trying to achieve and can offer them solutions they didn't even realize they needed. Exactly. So tell me about one of your recent projects.
1: Okay, so we recently actually delivered a project for the American University of Sharjah in uh, the United Arab Emirates. So the project is targeting university students, staff and alumni. In a nutshell, it delivers a compelling interface for all the users, streamlining the overall experience. So the overall solution deals with IT requests and incidents, fully automated change management processes, and an extensive knowledge management system to minimize efforts and streamline the, the road to success for all of the students involved.
0: It must be a really good feeling to know you're helping all these students and teachers and alumni to have a better experience at work. I think happy clients is what everybody's after. So we've talked about why they like working with Devo Team, but what's your favourite thing about working at Devo Team?
1: I suppose the reason I really like working is because of the diversity within Devo Team. You know, the opportunity for growth is way beyond what I've ever experienced. I've worked for Many companies in the past. And I can honestly say, employees within Devo Team are given opportunities beyond what organizations would consider reasonable outside of this organization.
0: That's a great answer. Thank you. Well, we're nearing the end of our day in Riyadh, and I think we've covered quite a lot. Um, Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. I'm curious to know if the Riyadh Devo Team office are going to get together in the evenings, maybe going out for food or something else.
1: Saudi Arabia is very much undergoing a transformation so it's very much still very conservative. Socializing with friends or team members is limited pretty much to restaurants and people in Saudi they absolutely love going to shopping malls and considering the heat in summer it is a perfect place really to relax in an air-conditioned environment. The one thing that there is not in Saudi Arabia or in Riyadh is clubs or bars. However there are places like Riyadh Boulevard and other, other venues that basically attract a lot of foot traffic. And although it is, you know, a strip of restaurants and perhaps movie houses and that kind of thing, it's very much the perfect venue for allowing individuals, friends, colleagues to get together and really just unwind and get away from the pressures of work.
0: That sounds very nice. Well, in a minute, we will let you head off to a spot of shopping at the mall or perhaps get back to work. But first of all, as you know, this episode is part of a series. We're traveling around some of the Devo Team offices on a nine country tour. We're finding out what it's like to work at Devo Team, but also how that changes depending on where the offices are based and get a feel for working in different countries. So we've invited each team to give a gift to their colleagues in another country and also to ask them a question about what it's like working there. So Dirk, I have a gift for you. It's come from Emily in Devo Team, Denmark. And wait for it, she has sent you a bicycle. (laughs) Now bear with me here. Emily chose a bike because 90% of Danes have got one. And it's an integral part of the Devo Team lifestyle in Copenhagen. But she does realize things are a little bit different in Riyadh. So because the infrastructure isn't geared up for bikes and because it's very hot, Emily's also sending you a home trainer so you can set up your bike indoors and you can ride in (laughs) air-conditioned comfort. What do you think?
1: I think that's very considerate. of uh, Thank you very much for the gift, Emily. I'd absolutely make use of it as much as possible. Obviously, it has to be in an air-conditioned environment, of course.
0: Understood. And Emily has a question for you as well about DevoTeam and the work culture in general in the Middle East. She wants to know if the culture within DevoTeam Riyadh, in your experience, is different from other Middle Eastern consultancy companies.
1: I suppose having only worked for Devo Team in the Middle East, it's a bit of a difficult question to answer. But something that is noticeable, certainly, or certainly different from working in Australia, is the allocation of public holidays. So along with other individuals in Saudi Arabia, obviously Devo team employees benefit from specific public holidays. But public sector employees, in general, have additional days off. So, for example, after the month of Ramadan, the country celebrates Eid Al-Fitr, and at Devo Team, we get three days' holiday, but the public sector gets an additional two days' holiday.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can hear some, some noise in the background. What can we hear at the moment?
1: Ah, yes, that's, uh, that's the call to prayer at the moment. Um, that happens five times a day.
0: Okay. We'll just have a listen.
1: So this is called Zuhr, and for all my Middle Eastern friends, if I don't pronounce that correctly please do excuse me. But yes, it's uh, it's the Zohar prayer that happens right now.
0: Well, our time in the Middle East is sadly coming to an end. And next, we're going to be moving to visit the Devo team office in Belgium. So Dirk, before you go, you've prepared a virtual gift for them, haven't you? What did you decide to give them?
1: I have indeed, yes. I'd like to, to present a traditional Arabic dala, which is a coffee pot as a gift, because it's something synonymous with a country and its people. And it sums up Saudi Arabia and our devotee family. There's so many things in life that compares to the friendliness and the hospitality that you experience in the Middle East.
0: That sounds like the perfect gift and really lovely meaning attached to it. We're also inviting you to ask the Belgian team a question, and we're going to hear their answer in our next episode. So here's your big moment. What would you like to know?
1: Okay, my question is rather simple, really. I suppose if you haven't visited the Middle East yet, what's your excuse? But actually, my real question is, if you could change one thing in your office to make it more dynamic and innovative, what would it be and why?
0: Okay, well, that's a little bit cheeky. That is clearly two questions. Um, (laughs) But I will ask them and we'll find out the answers to your questions in the next episode. I'd certainly love to explore the Middle East further. So thank you for inspiring me. And thank you for sharing your day with us, Dirk. It's been great to visit the Middle East and absorb all that local knowledge you shared and to hear what it's like to work in Riyadh and be part of the Middle East Devo Team family.
1: No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I appreciate that.
0: It's a real pleasure. all from Devoteam N Platform's Travelling Postcard Series in Riyadh. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Next on the tour is Belgium, where we'll be taking a little visit to Brussels. See you there.